Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. This series, Deeper Client Relationships at Scale, is brought to you by My Prosperity, the all-in-one client portal and app designed to enhance your practice efficiencies, promote your digital brand, and grow your revenue. You can book a demo directly from the website. Go to myprosperity.com.au. Welcome back to the XY Advisor podcast, where we are uh, recording a special episode or special series on the deeper client relationships at scale, and talking to uh, all sorts of people around the the, the industry, uh, from uh, from from planners to practice managers, uh, about how they're really looking after the client experience and developing those deeper relationships with clients, uh, and of course uh, at scale, which is the uh, the hard part. So today, welcome Nicole. Hello, thank you. Now, thank you for coming. Now, Nicole Stewart, you're from King Financial Group. Uh, welcome to the, uh, the the podcast. Uh, do you want to give the listeners a quick overview of you and just the, the business that you're working at? Yeah, sure. So my current role is uh, National Client Compliance Manager with King Financial Group. I've been there about eight years now. Um, however, my role um, has evolved over, over those eight years. Um, I guess uh, my background is, you know, I started off working as a bank teller in a bank um, and worked, then moved into working in the investment banking side of things uh, for ANZ stockbroking back in the back in the day. I then moved into para planning um, and did some advising for a little while before I had children. Um, and then after I had children, I went back to para planning because it was sort of easier to do part time. And that's where I landed back in, uh, landed in King Financial Group and have been there ever since. My role has evolved there uh, through from para planning through to compliance uh, when we had our own AFSL. And then that's evolved um, as being part of that leadership team with King Financial Group and, and guiding the business through, you know, various strategic initiatives, um, as well as uh, the compliance and client experience systems and processes side of things as well. Fantastic. Those are all things we want to touch on today. So that's, <laughs> that's great. And uh, excellent. So you, you, you went to King uh, Financial Group. Now, tell us a little bit about King because they're, they've obviously got uh, offices in uh, well, three different uh, main cities. Yes, so we have um, Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane offices and it was originally a business that was uh, main, uh, you know, main office was in Melbourne, but over the years, the owner Barry King uh, purchased additional businesses in the Sydney office and the Brisbane office. They were existing businesses there, so they were sort of integrated uh, into the whole King Financial Group spectrum. Uh, and over the years, we've worked really, really hard to, you know, develop our culture and change the culture um, and open up the lines of communication between all the states so that, you know, we're, we're doing the same system, you know, we're using the same systems, we're using the same processes, and we're providing those, our clients with the same experience uh, across the board, which is very challenging. Um, however, we've taken our advisors and our staff on a journey over the over a number of years now um, to continuously work on that. And it is a continuous journey to to work on that side of things. So, 
Yeah, know. it's not an easy. It's not an easy thing if if, you, if somebody's contemplating bur- purchasing a business in a different state and opening a new office. It's it's a very difficult thing to try and then bring in systems and processes with people that uh, that aren't around, yeah. um, and then and then try and get that culture to yes. be similar. Yeah, and and look, we've done that, um, especially over more recent years where Zoom and, you know, technology in in general has evolved. Um, It's allowed us to have better communication um, with all the states. Uh, And so, you know, we can have meetings now where everyone's in the room and we can all hang shit on each other and, you know, have a a good laugh and that that helps, you know. (laughs) So were you you there during the, um, the, the purchase and takeovers? Um, so not the first two. Um, however, we have purchased other businesses in the meantime. So okay. we're yep. constantly um, sort of looking for business opportunities to, to buy and grow the business. Um, yep. We've got no one going through soon. And, yes, I have been involved in transition of businesses into cool. King's. Yeah. So I'd like to just um, dive into the integration part because that's uh, that's a part that can be uh, very difficult in many ways. There's obviously a, a thousand different moving parts with that. And uh, I'm also thinking that sometimes you buy a business and there's really good systems and processes in there that you want to implement the other way as well. How do you go about looking through that and then working out what you're going to do? Yeah, well, I guess it's there's an assessment process. Uh, first of all, looking at, you know, what systems that they do have, um, what we all, you know, what we already share as um, in business, you know, uh, as a business. Um, then looking at the cost structure of those platforms that are being used across the two businesses. Um, and then, you know, making an assessment from there, what is going to be in the best interest of the business, what's going to work the best. Um, we had one a number of years ago, actually, where by we were primarily, you know, we were using Xplan. They used WorkSorted for part of their business. And I had a look at work sorted at the time and um, yeah found did an assessment and we actually moved across to work sorted as a business so it totally changed the way that we did our business by taking on board what the other business utilized in their practice uh, for day-to-day systems and processes and implemented it in ours and I guess um, part of that journey when when you're going through that process is um, getting your team members on board with those changes um, because no one, not everyone loves changes and it means changing the way that you do things and, you know, we all get stuck in our, our ways of doing things. Um, but when you can show the benefits of moving to the new system and how that's going to benefit them and their day-to-day, you know, workings and um, how they run their own business, like because we sort of, you know, each advisor, you know, sort of running their own business, their own book of clients and, and servicing them, um, then it was a very easy transition. I guess for us, um, yep. there are other. So, there are so other, really looking yeah. at the systems and yeah, looking at the systems and processes, and then also considering the staff, uh, the change that has to go on with the staff. Um, now, when it comes to the clients, though, uh, and the change management that obviously obviously has to go on with the clients and with the with the building of new relationships with the clients, mm-hmm. do you have a process or a plan in place to sort of set out how we're going to now en- engage these clients and introduce them to the new business and and, and develop those deeper relationships with them? Yeah, so I, I guess over a period of 12 months, we have the, um, you know, previous owner still in the business so that there is that warm handover to our, the new advisor that will be looking after the client. And that gives the client that confidence that, okay, uh, such and such, you know, John Smith obviously feels comfortable handing over me to this new advisor um, because he's exiting the business or the industry or whatever it may be. 
um, and they build that sort of trust um, there with the new advisor as well, along with the existing um, advisor. Um, and then what we do is we, we really have a, a close relationship with those clients, especially over those first 12 months, um, keeping in, in regular contact with them so that they, they know that we are there um, and, you know, educating them along the way of, of the way that we do things um, to make that transition as smooth as, smooth as possible. Yeah, because I would imagine there's quite a bit of uh, transition that has to go on the client's mind as well. You know, there's the the warm relationship handover where the the the, the ex- existing advisor might say, "Well, look, I'm retiring, and mm. you know, this is the new people are going to look after you, and etc." That that they've they've got a, a good story to talk to the client about. I guess uh, some of the instances, I guess. Um, maybe you you know you've really got to get on the front foot, don't you, and sort of get involved with those those clients in a big way. Um, probably a lot easier to do for some of the larger clients when you can spend a lot more time. Is there anything that you can do for the smaller clients? Do you do anything um, or or clients when you're dealing with a lot of clients, sort of at scale or at mass, um, with just the regular communications or you know getting them to to know, like, and trust your new business? Yeah, so um, we, yeah, obviously that regular contact, um, we send out regular emails to those clients. We also have our newsletters that we sign clients up to if um, that is something that they're interested in, if they opt in for it. Um, and in those newsletters, especially in that first 12 months, we do sort of like a, uh, a around the grounds, um, introducing the staff members and a, in a bit about them, you know, getting that personal connection to the staff members it's, it's not a face it's a, it's a person and he's a bit about them and I feel that that's a really important component of creating that you know that deeper connection to the business um, and, and staff members um, I know that you know when I'm going to you know a new business or something I want to know who I'm dealing with I want to know a bit about them and that makes me feel closer to them um, as a business. If they don't have any of that information on their website or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure. It's really weird the way the mind works sometimes. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but um, I, I do feel, and so that's something that we've really pushed and promoted in our business is, you know, getting that connection to each of the staff members on an individual level or on a personal level. Yep. And do you do that with a, uh, um, let's say, a PDF or an introduction or something like that? Or is there a video involved or what sort of? Yeah. I haven't, um, we haven't gone, yeah, uh, well, we do have a, uh, what, what do we call, we call it in-house, we call it uh, who's who in the zoo, uh, which we're, we're the zoo, obviously, because there's um, the number of officers and, and people in the business, um, and we have, um, you know, just a, a one-sheet paper, piece of paper that has a picture of all the staff members and their roles in, in each of the offices, um, so that they know that we're not just the one office, that we have all these other people um, that support you know, us as well. Um, so there's that side of it. Um, and then there's the the newsletter that we send out on a regular basis that has um, those touch points as well. And the advisors also um, contribute some articles to those newsletters um, when they can. And then, you know, all of the communication that we send out to our clients as well via email has um, a, a team photo down the bottom of, you know, and we sign off, you know, the KFG team, Melbourne, Brisbane, New South Wales, or, you know, Sydney, whatever it is, so that they're constantly being reminded of who we are and our names and things like that as well. Yeah, fantastic. So the, the team sort of, uh, it's prioritising the fact that people can have a relationship with the team or they become part of the team, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, when you talked, you just spoke this before about the concept of um, letting people know 
how you do things, you know, and obviously every time you take over a new uh, book, it's introducing people to a new way of doing things. How do you sort of explain sort of what your new system or process or the way that you do things there are to to, uh, new clients? Yeah, so that would happen in the client uh, appointment or the client meeting. Um, we would go through a bit of that process um, just on uh, verbally and then depending on the demographic of the client, um, like with the recent book that we took over, it was more retirees and the aged care space um, sort of demographic. And so they required a lot more hand-holding than, say, your mums and dads who are a bit more technology and change you know, they accept that a little bit more easily. Um, And yeah, so there was the client appointments, obviously our regular communication and also our CSAs um, or our client service administrators spent a lot of time with those clients, um, educating them on, you know, how things worked at King's and that we were here to to support them and help them through that change. Um, And yeah, we, we, we did a fantastic job. Well, um, the team did a fantastic job at retaining those clients and um, educating them and, and reassuring them and giving them that confidence that although there's been a big change and who's looking after them, we're still here for them, um, whatever they need. Yeah, so very big uh, focus on the client experience and the client, um, uh, you know, how they're feeling and thinking and feeling at the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you have many different um, books when you bring them in that they look after different demographics or do you tr- tend to try and get them in the in the similar uh, well, yeah, no, we do have different books with diff- different demographics. It's funny, um, in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, we all have, you know, similar books, but you would say that there's demographics that feature more than more than others. So, Melbourne, we've probably got more of the retirees and aged care, um, you know, focus down there. You know, Sydney's probably your higher net worth, um, you know, client clientele along with some retirees. Um, and Brisbane, there's probably a bit of a mixture of all three. Um, so when we're looking at books, it's really whether the client the client book is going to fit into our business and what it's what we're looking for. You know, what opportunities are there? What's the life expectancy of those of those clients as well? Because uh, obviously, if you've got an aging client client book, you know, depending on the price, it may not be the best best purchase. And and how we and what we can how we can, I guess, uh, what benefits we can provide to those clients to enhance their their experience overall um, dealing with a financial planner. So, um, yeah, there's a number of factors that are taken into consideration when we're looking at different books to purchase, but we're not fo- we generally don't focus just on one particular demographic. Yep. Fantastic. Now I see your role sort of breaks up into sort of three main con- main considerations that you uh, obviously have to put into the, everything that you do. Yeah. Um, obviously, we sort of talked about the client experience. That's sort of a big uh, that sort of leads the way. Um, but you're also making sure that com- from a compliance point of view, every, every all the advice is uh, you know compliant and, and everything's working uh, structurally correctly. Um, and then you're also trying to make sure that there's uh, efficiencies in place, uh, yeah. you know, with technology and staff and all those sort of things with communication. So. Um, how do you sort of balance those three? Uh, it's difficult at times. <laughs> it's a bit of a seesaw, um, yeah. you know, at the moment, um, you know, focusing on, um, you know, the client experience and, and getting the revenue in before the end of June 30, um, but also making sure the compliance side of things is probably just a continuous roundabout really um, and 
for me, I believe that if you have good processes in place um, and checklists uh, that, you know, people can make sure that they're ticking off all the boxes that they need to have done. Um, and as long as you've got your team following those processes, um, then you should be pretty right in terms of, you know, meeting all the compliance requirements. Um, over the years, you know, our, our team has, you know, done a lot of work in the term in terms of processes and making sure that we're compliant. Um, you know, I think generally advisors want to do the right thing by clients and and do the right thing by in in terms of compliance as well. So it's just that we live in such a regulated in you know industry now that you know sometimes it's hard to make sure that you're ticking off all the boxes because you think you're doing the right thing but then you know something else comes in and you might miss it or so it is a constant uh, I guess review of those processes and making sure that you've got all your checklists up to date with what is needed uh, from a compliance perspective. What were the other things? The systems and processes are always being reviewed in our business. Um, Again, you know, we want to make sure that, A, the client's experience is um, awesome. We want to make sure that the efficiencies are there. And I believe as the industry becomes more digitally, you know, focused that and we need to be because of the compliance side of things. And, um, you know, a lot of businesses that I talk to, compliance is is a huge burden um, on the financial planning industry. So we need to find better ways to um, optimise um, our processes and systems so that we uh, are spending less time in that, in that space. Um, so, and that's where, you know, we use different programs to do that, you know, booking appointments online, um, you know, My Prosperity for clients, um, you know, uh, automated automated emails and, and things like that, uh, reminding clients of, to book their review appointments or, you know, whatever it may be. We, we try to automate what, whatever we can. Um, and that also then reduces the load on our client service administrators as well from having to do too much manual manual work as well. So um, it is it is a constant uh, sort of revolving door there, I guess. Uh, it is hard to balance, uh, but I like a challenge. <laughs> Fair um, enough, yeah. There's definitely – uh, there's can be at time. The, the efficiencies conversation is definitely uh, – we, we always sort of think about uh, technology. I, I think about it in two ways, technology and staff. You know, they have staff have got really good systems and processes in place and that can be efficient um, as well as the use of technology. Now, you mentioned a few. Let's let's start from the top. I'll sort of – let's go through a client experience, if you like, or maybe a new client experience um, or mm-hmm. a review client experience for whatever that might be. Um, what sort of technology are you using in this space? You just mentioned online booking. Let's start – Let's sort of start there and automation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. So, we're, yeah. So, we use uh, WorkSorted as our main CRM. Um, and through that, I can set up automated emails to clients on a monthly basis when their reviews are due. Um, and that invites them to book their appointment uh, online. Um, and I've set up Calendly for our advisors, um, and which is, you know, automatically linked to their diaries, et cetera. Um, and you can customise Calendly to be available for whatever appointments you want and everything. So it's really flexible like that. Um, and then that allows the client to go into that book online booking, um, find a time that they want to book, just like you do for your hairdresser appointment or, or even medical appointment these days. So, um, so once a client chooses a time, 
Calendly then has a back-end workflow that you can set up um, and it then sends a confirmation email to the client confirming their appointment. It has links to our FSGs um, and it gives them a bit of, you know, details about, you know, where, where office is and things like that. And then 24 hours before the appointment, Calendly automatically sends those clients a reminder email saying, hey, you've got an appointment tomorrow, can't wait to see you, yada, yada, whatever it is. Um, and then, so just just yep. on that, um, is that mostly for online appointments, or is that for a mix of they can choose an online or an, or a um, in person? Yeah, yep, they can choose um, telephone, in person, or a Zoom appointment. And um, yeah, just on that, uh, Calendly, which I'm sure a, a lot of booking online booking things do allow you to do, but we can we've linked our Zoom account to our Calendly account so that if a client chooses a Zoom appointment, automatically sends them the Zoom link. So again, it's just sort of removing some manual steps that the CSAs would otherwise have to do by having that all automated. And just on your Zoom, do you um, do you have different accounts for each planner? Uh, we don't have different accounts for each planner at the moment. We just have um, a couple of accounts for each state. Yeah. And so does that send a different um, ID number, I guess, for each meeting so that for the security purposes or how, how does that work? Yes. Yep. Sends us a different um, ID meeting, uh, ID meeting code, and also passcode for the client to um, put in uh, for the privacy and security piece. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And 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 you mentioned my prosperity. How how are you using them? Yep. My prosperity. So obviously, good old COVID. Um, as painful as it is, and well, was and is still a little bit. Um, it's really provided us with an opportunity to utilize my prosperity, which we've had um, in our business for a number of years now, um, but haven't utilized to its full potential. But in terms of um, uh, digital signing, it's amazing, amazing for that. Um, it even so you can task things to your clients, um, ask them to sign something. And, you know, we're all busy, we're busy people and doing something on your phone these days almost seems, you know, seems it's so easy these days in comparison to what it used to be. I can't stand when people say to me, can you print that off and sign it and send it back to me? I'm like, no, I don't I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to print anything. Printer, what's that? <laughs> I don't want to print anything. Well, actually, we were having a we're having a giggle the other day because we're like, remember when we had to fax everything? Or when somebody says, oh, no, I'm sorry, you can only send us a fax of that. And you're like, what's a fax machine? <laughs> anyway, times change, um, which is which is good. And, um, yeah, so the, and the digital allows you – and it also, if the client doesn't sign it, we say, within three days, then it sends them a reminder to do it. And it's just a, a more quick, efficient way of doing it and having that, I guess, uh, communication with the clients as well. Um, unfortunately, Australia Post isn't rel- as reliable as what it once used to be in terms of just everyday mail. So having that um, online instantaneous communication with the clients uh, is awesome. You can also upload, um, you know, their advice documents and everything is there as well. So then they're not being sent all this paper as well. They can just read it on their phone or they can read it on their desktop at home um, as well. Um, and the other thing that we use um, there as well is uh, for clients managing their cash flow, everyday cash flow and budgeting. Uh, for clients that are wanting assistance with that, which is pretty much for all of us, that's that's used utilised for that as well. Yes, I Some think, clients have that, yeah. I think every conversation with a client starts with positive or negative cash flow, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, well how many afterpay uh, 
transactions have you got on your account? You know, I think that's me, a common me one. Me zero, me zero, but certainly. Oh, good on yeah. you. Well yeah. done. I closed mine down too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I refuse to open one. But, uh, but you know, certainly right. When it comes to clients, it, it's become one of those things that's very heavily marketed to them and so very easy to pick up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're using that uh, uh, Azure Client Portal and your app and, you, and your, 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 I guess your lead when it comes to the, you know, the client experience? Yeah, well, also through my prosperity, um, so we have the ability to set up uh, regular reports on a monthly basis that get sent to a client or on a quarterly basis, however, whatever sort of, uh, you know, frequency you choose. And that again is, and you know, that's got our cover page on it and, and it's all very kingized. And so I guess that's another touch point uh, for our clients. They're receiving that from us in an email um, with some reports on, you know, how their budgeting is going or how their cash flow is going, what their assets assets and liabilities are looking like um, and that's so that's just another another touch point there that they get um, we're also in the process of developing our own app with my prosperity so that when the clients you know come in to do that they'll download uh, the king app instead of just a uh, blanket generic uh, my prosperity one um, and we'll be able to you know clients will be able to book appointments through there and all sorts of things so that's very exciting for us as well Oh, fantastic! And so, uh, so that's all. That's all on its way. What? Um, so you're using WorkSort as your CRM, but are you using anything else for the modelling or anything like that? Yeah. So we have yeah. So WorkSort is our main CRM, and we still have um, XPlan on the side. We have uh, a couple of licences that look after the modelling and production of advice documents. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that power planners are using that, is it? Or? Yeah, so we outsource our, um, our advice documents to paraplanners. Um, yeah, to outsource to paraplanners, and they util- they just log into our system and utilize that. Okay, so yet another sort of efficiency mechanism by mm. outsourcing that part of the process. Absolutely, yeah. As a small business, um, we, we, we it's just not cost effective for us to have it in house, unfortunately. As much as we would love to do that, um, it's just much more cost effective for us to, to outsource that. Um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So very, uh, very well. Everything seems to be thought about and, and worked through and systemized and, um, you know, the process going through. Like, I guess that's part of exactly why you're, you're here to co- have the conversation about it. Um, if we go back to the client experience, how, have, you, have you had much, uh, much feedback from the clients regarding the, um, the technology that you're using? Look, it's it's the book online booking has only been a recent introduction. Um, we've had some clients that have taken it up like you know straight away, no problem. Um, and then there's and it's a change, so you know they're like, oh, not really sure. And so then they give us a call, and then that's when our CSA sort of explain you know um, the change, and and we can sort of help them through that, edu- provide a bit of education. Um, we'll be sending out some, you know, how-to videos to our clients as well and sort of talk about, you know, why we've gone down this route. You know, I think sometimes explaining the why you've, you're, you know, changed the process and, and why it's changing and how it's going to benefit them and how it's going to help us as well um, helps them to, to get on board as well. It's just the same with any changes that you make in your team. You want to sort of get the buy-in from whoever you're dealing with to, to make it a successful transition so and yeah so we're still transitioning I would say Um, we've got some clients that are easily taking it up and others that you know we're still educating through the process yeah I think there's plenty of learned behaviors that uh, we've taught people in the past that this is the way we do it and now we need to uh, uh, show them the new way of doing it and allow them to gently come across and I think uh, that will certainly happen very you know fairly quickly um, but but certainly over over a period of time 
Um, tell us about the future. What uh, what does the future hold for King? Um, well, King's is um, looking to grow as a business um, across all three states. So we are looking to, you know, um, grow the number of clients that we have on our books. Um, we, we pretty much will provide advice in all areas um, now. So um, we are in all of our states, we're developing our aged care advice um, area as well so um, that we can service that part of, of the um, industry. Um, and, yeah, just continuing to optimise um, the service that we provide to our clients um, and, you know, developing our culture to um, be an awesome one. I mean, we have got an awesome culture. Most of our staff have been with us for a number of years. Um, it's unusual for us to have somebody that hasn't been there at least a few, you know, three years or so, which is, I think, a good thing. Uh, means we've got that consistency in, in staff members that our clients get to deal with as well. And yeah, I don't really know. I haven't. I mean, I have thought about it, but yeah. <laughs> so, so growing, uh, growing with acquisition as well, or just sort of growing mostly with alternative um, offers for the existing clients. Yeah, uh, no, probably both actually. So we're looking to acquire, and also um, our advisors are also looking to um, build their businesses um, to a level that allows them a bit more flexibility in what they do on a on a day to day. You know, a bit more. They can choose, not pick and choose clients, but, you know, they're sort of narrowing down who, who they're dealing with and um, creating that ideal client, you know, uh, profile for themselves. Fantastic. And uh, mm. fantastic. So uh, if somebody wants to get hold of uh, you and speak to you or, or, or check out Kings, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, sure. They can go to our website, which is www.kfgroup.com.au. Um, our contact details are on there. I'm loaded, located in sunny Queensland, um, but you can get to me through any of the um, offices. Otherwise, feel free to con- um, you know connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, send me a message and I'd be happy to have a chat. Fantastic. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us about the business, uh, all things from compliance to client experience to uh, efficiencies and technology. Really appreciate it. Um, and talking to us, about, of course, and focusing on deeper, having deeper client relationships at scale. Thank you. Thank you.